It's Friday afternoon. It's the Sourced Week in Review podcasts. My name is Michael Crutcher. Jordan McDonald, you've been unwell this week. I have been unwell. Yeah, first bit of funny old week. First couple of days at home there, and then uh, given work from home orders the next two days, <laughs> which oh, awful. No, that was good. <laughs> It was. Uh, it's been a weird week. You so bounced back. I bounced back. Shan, um, Shan's been a little bit slower in the bounce back. She was a little bit ginger as late as last night, so right. she's still battling. You're soldiering on, doing a good job. I know. So you're <laughs> reviewing a week in which you were a bit under the weather, but yes, plenty's gone on. We've got a few plenty different has. things today. Well, we'll start, of course, with radio ratings because. The second survey is out for the year and there's always interesting things when the radio survey comes out to assess which radio stations are getting listeners. And we've discussed before the methods that are used, often based on diaries that are kept by people uh, who look at those things. A special guest, Jordan, one of our favourite guests here, Needs no introduction, so we won't give him one. David Luttrell, Lutzi, how are you? I'm very well, very well, Michael, and uh, and J Mac. How are you, boys? Very good. It's very good, Lutzi. Always good to talk to you. Where do we find you at the moment, Lutzi? I'm in an Uber on the way to the airport now, heading down to uh, the Live Golf in Adelaide uh, today, um, Saturday, and then Sunday uh, to Australia's first experience of this controversial new uh, tearaway golf uh, tournament uh, slash league obviously flying in the, in the face of um, of the PGA tradition so uh, I'll be able to give you a, an insight into what that um, what that holds over the next couple of days just another weekend in the life of Lutzi <laughs> and whirlwind <laughs> and personally invited by the shark no doubt too I'm sure yes it came all the way from the top I think um <laughs> I think Brooks and Cameron and the Shark all want to be there. Of course they. That's why we get you on the podcast, Lutzi. Radio ratings this week, the second round, Lutzi, for the year. So Nova 106.9 again, right up the top for uh, breakfast ratings. Lutzi, we see these ratings about six times a year. You're such a veteran of radio. When it comes to ratings, the media makes a big deal of each rating survey. How do you find it, Lutzi? What are you thinking, you know, how do you react to the different ratings? It's, it's a tricky one, boys, because it's, it's actually eight times a year, Crush. It's like oh. six weeks sort of rolling surveys through the year. So every, every six weeks, essentially, uh, much like the lotto, a, a golden number sort of uh, Powerball drops out of the machine and that sort of, as a broadcaster, that, I guess, effectively defines success and, and not success. Um, so within within that though, you, you then have to sort of keep perspective on on what it means and the fact that it's in Brisbane, which is I think now widely regarded as the the the, uh, the, the, the tightest market in the country. Uh, it's just incredibly hard to try and you know win outright uh, in the breakfast slot eight times a year. Uh, I think probably over the last five to ten years, I'd say we'd probably won the majority of those. But uh, as as you just said, I think we. Were knocked off uh, by B105 in the in the latest survey that just popped uh, through this week. Um, so I guess within that, you look at consistency, and the, the way we look at it is, I think we're at 13 percent or 12.9 percent in in breakfast, uh, which is my main concern because that's my shift and the one that I get 
to get paid for. Uh, and, and, and creating some consistency for us around that 13% mark and then trying to move up from there uh, as opposed to, for instance, last year, I think the same time of year we were at, I think, I'm told 10.9% or 10.8%. So if, you, if you're able to do that, not drop off too much and then occasionally have a nice survey and, and remain consistent throughout the year and, and for us five for that number one spot regularly, I guess you consider that a success. What role do other things like uh, the podcast play? I think um, the traditionalists will sort of say, why on earth are we doing this? But I think, as, as you guys know, that uh, these days it's not good enough just having one level of uh, engagement with your audience. I mean, as far as podcasting and, and, uh, and social media and then short-term sort of videos, things like that is only something I'm starting to embrace both through Nova and throughout, through other areas of uh, of, of my work and areas I'm trying to evolve into now. So I think you're crazy to think that, you know, you're working at a radio station. I think initially we were told, you know, it's now called a digital station, and that was probably a few years ago even. So these days, you know, we've got six cameras in the in the studio where, with that, our, our video or video and audio uh, technicians sort of after the show will try and uh, to, to edit up, get some, get some video content, which we can uh, spew out across our social platforms as quickly as possible like not, not good enough to even just doing it later that afternoon ideally within 10 or 15 minutes of it going to air you've got sort of various sort of things up across all the different platforms and it, and it matters I mean I think if you've, if you've fallen behind in those areas you're probably going to become a dinosaur in, in the media industry pretty quickly Lassie, what about the connection between the ratings, the different surveys and how well you know the show's going yourself? Or do you have times where you think, we just really killed it for the last month and you know the chemistry's great and the results don't show it in the survey and vice versa? Yeah, absolutely, Crutch. It happens all the time. You're, you're sort of, it can get frustrating in a lot of ways that you'll, you'll feel like you've put a lot of effort into one particular you know, driving one particular activation that you're doing, uh, you know, for instance, you know, you might, you know, we've done a couple of successful ones like the, the handball blitz, which sort of uh, we, we push across schools and we've had success with that. But sometimes you'll do something like that over a couple of months and the numbers will come out and they won't quite uh, equate to the, the effort you feel like you've put in and the, the way the show feels really great. And for instance, at the moment, I mean, the show feels as good as I think it's ever been. So when you when you get a result which doesn't quite match your expectations, I think there's a there's a genuine unless you get a real trend of four or five surveys where you're on a bit of a downward spiral, which we're lucky that we haven't really ever had. Uh, there's a, there's a danger that you can kind of start to change things up or down um, based on one or two results, which I think is a, a pretty unfair way of doing it because it's just not a true assessment of where the show's at. But, um, yeah, in general terms, I think you've just got to, you know, as they say, um, you know, trust the process and keep pushing at the things you, you think are successful and the things that have made you successful over a long time and, um, and keep doing that. But, you know, as, as with any job, if you get a situation where all of a sudden for six months you're on a, a downward spiral, you're going to have bosses going, hang on a sec, maybe what you're doing is not working and it's time to pull things up start getting to work a bit more than two minutes before the show starts and, <laughs> and doing that. But at this stage, we're still safe in that, in that way. Hey, did you just answer that question while exiting the Uber? No, seamlessly then, I, I said thank you to my Uber driver. I, I had to uh, go to the back of the boot, get my suitcase out, and now I'm walking into the airport. I mean, you guys, only a professional like you, Crutch, would have understood uh, that that process happened then. 
but that's oh, years of broadcasting. So that is just so professional. And look, I'll give you a big shout out as we go, Lutzi, from your number one fan, former NRL star Kevin Carmichael. You know he loves you on the show, Lutzi. Yeah, the great Kev. Is he, is he a listener to this podcast? Of course he Does is. Does he even know what podcasts are? He steals survey books so that he can put Nova 106.9 <laughs> number one, Lutzi. You know what? Kevy would actually do that. He's, I know he's always got my back and I've always got Kevy's back. And I'm very happy to see he's playing a more integral role. What, what is he officially now, the North Step? He's everything. He's Mr. Everything. Director of the board yeah. and uh, he's the public face Quite of the club, Lutzi. That is magnificent. I know I have so many stories I could tell which could break him down in a heartbeat, uh, which I'll, which will go to my grave crutch unless I'm desperate to be, have to use it at some point. You two are loyal. Hey, have a great weekend, Lutzi, and thanks for your time. Very much appreciate it. That's okay, boys. Uh, pleasure to be on the uh, on the program. Oh, he's always great value, Jordan, isn't he? Jay Mack, as he refers Exposing to you. Exposing me. <laughs> I know. It's a small town, Brisbane. We love it having is. Lutzi on to talk about what's happening in the radio world. He's been, of course, on the podcast previously and done a, yeah, a, a great job. <coughs> one thing I wanted to bring out this week, I stewed on this one last week, but I thought this week I'm going to bring it up. I've had time to calm down now so <laughs> I can talk about this with less emotion than Do last I week. Do a rant? Well... <laughs> what is now the etiquette for spoilers for shows that are streamed? Now, I talk about this as someone who watches Succession, which we've mentioned before. I do enjoy Succession. We're up to the final season, season four, and we hit episode three last week. Yep. Now, something massive happened in episode three, massive. So big that it generated a fair bit of social media discussion. Okay. And you couldn't really mention it in social media without giving it away. Okay. So before I could watch episode three of season four of Succession, I had a look on Twitter where I was following some baseball news and a baseball commentator I follow just gave it up straight away. So I wanted to talk to you, Jordan, about what is the – etiquette for spoilers when it comes to streaming because back before streaming we had shows that would air on television at say 8 30 at night and you watch them there and yep. hey some people might have recorded them but really whatever happened at that time at 8 30 was fair game there was no yeah, etiquette no, to delay enough. it yeah. but now it's different so succession drops at 11 a.m on midday on a monday okay so i don't have time to watch it then no. so so and anyway so Funnily enough, though, it's not just me on the rant on this. This is across the world. This <laughs> brought into light this discussion about etiquette for streaming shows and when you can discuss them. Now, mm-hmm. um, one of the actors from Succession, uh, integral to what happened on this episode, was on Stephen Colbert's talk show that particular night. And I read a story there where they said that you could hear audience members groaning in despair because they hadn't had the chance to watch the episode yet. So I believe there should be a statute of limitations in place here <laughs> of, I reckon, I'll give it four <coughs> days, okay, three to four days. And I say this, I turned a page in the Australian this week, 10 days after this episode, and there was a story clear as day about what had happened in, the, in that episode. Bad luck. I'm with that. Yeah. However, you have a different view. Very interested to hear your view. Yeah, I have a different view. We were debating this earlier. 
Um, if if you're if you care about the show so much that you're willing to complain about a spoiler, then I think you should be watching it as it's come out. Um, Eleven a.m. Monday, if you can, <laughs> if you can. No, but it, look, I think you're allowed up to probably twenty four hours and beyond that, you just got to cop it. You either, it's but plenty you of time. There's a statute of limitations in twenty four hours. Oh, yeah, twenty four hours is pushing it to. It depends on how what your love is for the show. Um, I think you stay up to date, or you risk you risk it, and that's just the the uh, risk you run. Really. So how do you? This this is a. A tough one, isn't it? Because I'm sure the creators of the show, etc., really want to cash in on mm. the social media side of it, but they also don't want to annoy people, grumpy old people like me, who are trying to squeeze the show into the schedule. It's a tough balance, isn't it? It is a tough balance because those angry old people, as you <laughs> refer to, um, a lot of them can't help but share their thoughts and that engagement on social media is really good because you'll often see, you would have seen it probably trending on the right-hand side there of Twitter. Oh, yeah, and there was some hashtags trending that gave it all up. But there was yeah. also, given the size of this, the Daily Mail newspaper in the UK uh, had on its front page a small story on this like it was real. Right. So they, they actually put that – so the Daily Mail cop flack in the UK because a bunch of people picked the paper up and they hadn't had time to watch it and it was there, Daily Mail trying to cash in on the episode's popularity. So all of these things we never thought we would discuss. Yeah, but that's tough. Yeah, the so, paper one's tough. Yeah, but mm. I can see what the paper wants to do. It wants to cash in. It does. So yeah, I suppose look, it's not its job to uh, look after your spoiler protection. See, the Sydney Morning Herald had a story the next day, so mm. did The Age, but they had a big spoiler alert on the front. Yeah. See, that's my call. That's Statute of limitations. You want 24 hours, fair enough. I'm going four days, but then I am disorganised, so that's only right. Look, I've been on the receiving end of spoiling a, a finale on my own social media, but uh, I told the people that didn't agree with it just the same, get over it. <laughs> you did spoil a finale, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I well, spoiled the finale of Suits. <laughs> That's a pretty awesome finale too. <laughs> <laughs> when you say spoil, that's someone else's word. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now we're talking still about streaming services, and one we've discussed before here has been about local content provisions. Yeah. In Australia, so we've mentioned before uh, local content quotas that have been considered by the government. So the likes of Netflix and Stan and others, mm-hmm. Disney included, if you're going to be operating in Australia our government wants to look at what you're investing in terms of local content. There's been a development this week in that one. Yeah, so the government, as you said, is considering imposing some local content quotas on global streaming services, so your Netflix, your Amazon Primes and Paramounts. Um, There's a confidential consultation paper that was seen by the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age this week that outlines five models uh, to force streaming giants to create Australian drama, documentary and children's programs. One model would require 20% of the annual gross subscription revenue to be dedicated to such content, while others would require a minimum spending obligation of between 5 and 11%. Um, the government believes that its scheme could lead to anywhere between $132 million uh, and 528 million in annual local content investment by 2026. 
Um, and these measures will not apply to sports news or the acquisition, though, mm. of local programs or films. See, something's going to come here. I think it's inevitable. It's a matter, though, of what the quota would be. And I always have some uneasiness here mm. when governments put major burdens on this. I agree there's got to be some. I have you know, no doubt that it has to be, but... Just to what that is, I think that's going to be the careful decision here uh, for the government, what it is. I, I don't agree on those higher levels because in the end what happens is these organisations pull out of the country. That's it, yeah. So I'll be fascinated to see what they come up with. What do you think? Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it much at all. I, I don't think the government should really be interfering with the streaming market this much and then dictating what types of content... Uh, these platforms produced and how much they spend for all that. Um, I think these quotas could negatively impact the streaming services in ways that obviously are financial, and but then content quality. Because when you're focusing on meeting a certain amount of content, yeah. I think your quality does suffer there a bit. Um, in the same argument, I think about the local content producers who are already doing Australian content. Yeah. I think, you know, what are they going to... Th- be thinking when they realise they've got to compete now with international, this massive platform that's produced content internationally. Um, I just don't think it's great. So I I would like the government to stay out of it. We'll uh, keep looking at that one as time goes on. Now, a few quick ones here that we'll uh, wind up with for this week. Truth GPT. So Truth GPT this week, Elon Musk, a regular name we mentioned on this show, he had an interview with Fox News. He said he wants to develop his own chatbot called Truth GPT, oh, which yeah. his words would be a maximum truth-seeking AI. Ugh. So he wants another option to open open AI, the creators of uh, ChatGPT and also Google. And I'll read you his quote. I'm going to start something which you call Truth GPT, it tries to understand the nature of the universe and I think this might be the best path to safety in the sense that an AI that cares about understanding the universe is unlikely to annihilate humans because we are an interesting part of the universe. Right, so with that in mind, we did go and try this. Jordan, tell me about your Truth GPT attempt today because it is live at the moment, but there was a bit of a, let's call it a confrontation. Yeah, it's, it's pretty average. Um, you know, ask it for, you know, your basic opening questions, you know, how do you make chicken curry, give us a recipe. Uh, ended up getting conspiracy theory about chicken curries yes. in response. Uh, then asked it the classic one, which appears in most papers at some point, what's its real name? Yes. And I said, yes, the truth seeker. But the interesting part was it continued saying that I'm an honest and sincere person. Eerie. Mm. Bizarre. Um, I then asked her, what's the biggest secret you can tell me about the internet? Just trying to really fish for uh, something juicy. And it said that many government agencies and corporations secretly surveillance our data and sell it without us knowing. Oh. Um, So, yeah, that's... That's where my time temporarily ended on Truth GPT, but then I uh, I fired back. Um, I you had me- a crack back. Yeah, I can't remember what I asked it, but it uh, it didn't like it one bit. Uh, have you got the screenshot there? Because I've oh I've- yes, so it uh, I'll read out. You're an idiot. You're a liar. You're a oh, fraud. You're a scammer. That's it. This is like the start of a song. You're a con artist. 
you're a snake oil salesman, you're a charlatan, and it goes on. Yeah, I think there's... Uh, Can God, you sue so uh, Truth GPT for defamation? Oh, um, possibly, but I'd love to know what that last one was because it got cut off because of a character off. limit. So I did ask it what ingredients do I need for chicken curry, and it tells me the answer to this question is not as simple as it may seem. Um, the ingredients are actually a metaphor for the ingredients needed to create a successful life. The chicken represents the hard work and dedication needed to achieve success, while the curry represents spices of life. Uh, so there you go. I'm not sure what's happening in true GPT. Now, another in development this week in the Elon Musk world has been the removal of the blue ticks from many Twitter accounts. So the blue ticks have always been the Twitter accounts that were verified to be real people by Twitter over well over a decade. I remember when this came in, I was editor of the Korea Mail at the time and they were handing out blue ticks everywhere to journalists, mm. which was quite a smart move. I never got one actually, um, but Bugger. some of my reporters got them. Um, so I've never really been that uh, interested in the blue ticks, but obviously journalists really treasured them because some who had l fewer than 100 followers got blue ticks. And what Twitter did, I think, at the time was really threw its arms around media, quite a smart move at the time, and it also engaged politicians. And I think Twitter became that place where media and politicians hung out. And even though I'm a former journalist, if there's one place in the world you don't want to hang out, it's with media and politicians. That's it. And that's where Twitter, I think, really attracted people who wanted to engage with media and politicians. And I think it really became the cesspit that it currently is and impacted its growth in Australia in particular. Now the blue ticks have gone as of the last 24 hours and there is some wailing and gnashing of teeth I'm seeing from people who've lost blue ticks. Now I think those on Twitter without blue ticks really couldn't care less. No. But there's lots of justification I'm seeing from the blue tickless, as we'll call them. Yeah. The blue tickless now complaining and justifying why a blue tick was important to them. Okay. Have you noticed much at all? I saw, I think, a few posts. There was one on LeBron James and another from Stephen King um, complaining that their profile was saying that they were paying for it. Um but they weren't, in fact, paying for it. Well, Elon Musk is paying for LeBron's um, is he blue now? tick. Yes. Now, I should have mentioned, of course, you can keep <coughs> your blue tick. you just got to pay for it. Yeah. And if there's one thing journalists don't like doing, it's paying for something. Yeah. When they've been getting it for free in particular. Yeah. Now, I say this as a journalist. So, uh, yep. So, that's an interesting one. Jordan, Snapchat. There's been some media activity from Snapchat this week. We haven't spoken about them on our podcast for some time. No, we haven't mentioned Snapchat all that much, but um, they've made some news this week because the CEO, even, uh, sorry, Evan Spiegel, uh, he stated that Snapchat is not losing its uniqueness even as it tries to court new influences with brand new features resembling those of its rival TikTok, Facebook and Instagram. Are you telling me there's a social media account borrowing features from other yep, platforms? Yeah, believe it or not, it's copycat mm, <laughs> times God knows how many now. Um, so the comments were made at a media conference in California where Snap unveiled some new features that are designed to encourage more influencers to post on the platform. 
Uh, it includes making the company's AI chatbots, which has been a subscriber-only feature available to all users. So you showed me this before. Yeah. So this is where you can get on your, your Snapchat account. Yep. Oh, let's call it Snap because that's what the uh, that's obviously the lingo which I'm going to use. Yeah, that'll pass. But you can have a conversation there. Look, it was quite interesting. Yes. Yeah. No. It's uh, it's essentially ChatGPT inside of Snapchat. I wouldn't say it's as comprehensive, but for the purpose of conversation, absolutely, it does give you the uh, br- <laughs> ingredients for chicken curry. My brother made the joke. He said, "Far out, I can go full." fall into that movie character, the one called Her, where he falls in love with the computer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I said, oh, steady, mate, steady. Um, So, yeah, look, um, the the move puts Snap into a stronger position to pick up users from TikTok, which has been banned, obviously, on uh, government devices in the Western countries, including Australia, which we mentioned last week. Um, Snap also released figures showing that in India, where TikTok was blocked back in 2020, the time spent on the platform had risen 175% between 2021 and 22 after it launched its TikTok clone feature called Spotlight. If you don't know what Spotlight is, it's essentially you take a short form video, put some music behind it, and it goes into a into a feed that's in chronological order, very similar to uh, TikTok in terms of how it serves it to you. Okay. So, yeah, uh, that's the number. And they uh, they didn't say it's directly because TikTok's not available, but they're certainly suggesting it. Looks that way. Now, we're going to finish off with the magazines this week, the celebrity magazines. We're getting towards the (coughs) coronation, so it's... Very, very exciting. True, but that before yeah. that, there's been, uh, let's call it a uh, kerfuffle or yes. uh, quite a flap about what's happened in Germany where a magazine has got itself embroiled in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, the, it's a weird one I picked up this week. The family of the Formula One legend Michael Schumacher is planning to take legal action against this German magazine who's published a, uh, an AI-generated interview with the star, allegedly. The tabloid ran this, this is with Michael Schumacher, who, of course, we haven't seen for nearly a decade That's because it. he had a horrific skiing yeah, accident. Yeah, haven't seen him since yeah. 2013. Um, so they ran a front page spread with a massive image of him on the front, um, accompanying a tagline that said, the first interview, and obviously we haven't seen him since 2013, there was another little tagline that said, deceptively real, which was the only sort of indication yeah. that it wasn't a real interview. Yeah. Uh, so the interview was created using an AI chatbot, we don't know which one, um, which generated some insensitive comments about Schumacher's recovery. Oddly, this isn't the first time that this family has uh, taken legal action against the magazine. Um, oh, they previously right. published um, some misleading articles about them. So it's uh, another round for the Schumacher family. Now... The thing that I find most interesting there is that they use the word deceptively on their front cover because that is an adverb of quite some length, (laughs) which we don't see in our celebrity mags here. Now, I'm going to look at the Woman's Day for this week, as we like to do. Uh, Now, of course, the big news in Woman's Day, and we've mentioned this, the coronation, uh, Megan's coronation nightmare. She's having a coronation nightmare by all reports. You chose your family (laughs) over me. Now, in reference to her husband, Prince Harry. So looks like 
Yeah, there is an exclamation mark on that one, so it's a big yarn. Um, <laughs> plus inside Harry's emotional call to Charles. Um, really enticing this week is reinvent your roast. Uh, that's certainly something to get people going. Now, this is interesting here. Abba stars shock death. Okay, there's a photo of the four Abba members. Um, we'll miss him every day. Abba star shock death. Now, I did Google this because it piqued my interest. Did it? Yeah. It's piqued mine. Well, I thought I've missed something here because I wasn't so aware I. of the Abba stars dying. But it turns out this is one of their uh, guitarists who played for a bit. Oh. So the use of the term star is probably debatable. And that's not to uh, well, downplay this person's career or uh, their impact on the music industry. But anyway, Abastar's shock death. And now something's happening for Carrie and Fifi. They're having a wild girls getaway. Good luck to them. I have no idea who Carrie and Fifi are, but it is a wild girls getaway. So that's going to be big. The new idea, Jordan, coronation fever. Yes, yes, there's more coronation fever on the farm. We've got to stay away from Kate. William pulls Megan's coronation invitation. Uh, William did that. Yeah, yeah, apparently. There's a big red sticker on it that says, finally the truth, exclamation mark. Yeah. As we go around, we've got a new lease on life, another exclamation there, Cars 28 Day Booze Ban. I do want to give that a shout out because it's got new lease on life and given I have some serious uh, grammatical ticks in my life, I do prefer lease on life over lease of life. Okay. Being lease on life would be correct. Well, and I'm therefore, glad you're pleased by that heading. Yes, because it had been lease of life, mm. I probably would have uh, tried to delete that because it's not true. Mm. No, that's fair enough. Um, beneath Carl there we've got Just Like Mum, Grace's TV debut. Starting early in the Urban family by the looks. This is the Irwin family. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We've got John Burgess there back on his game at 80 with an exclamation mark. So you've got very dark hair for an 80-year-old too, John. I know, yeah. I know. I reckon there might be a bit of colour in that. Oh, it's and then uh, Princess Beatrice falling apart. We've got a photo of her looking up. Uh, suggestive, you know, she's uh, falling, falling apart. Falling apart. She'll be at the coronation. Yeah. I'd imagine, wouldn't she? Surely. Princess. It's her uncle, Look, my, isn't it? My knowledge of the Aurora's is poor. I'll tell you what, if she doesn't get invited to the coronation, there's next week's front page straight <laughs> away. How's the weekend looking for you? Uh, gig tonight, two tomorrow, and that's oh. it. And then it's, what is it, birthday, birthday Monday or Tuesday? I oh, can't it remember. Is, of course, it's birthday Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? It yeah, is. I honestly birthday forgot, Tuesday. forgot it was birthday month until about oh, three days ago. Of course, uh, this will be the last uh, episode before your birthday. It is. Oh, happy birthday. And of course, you get a day off for your birthday. I do, yes. Yeah, so I'll be home. It's one of the advantages of working at 55 comms. If you're born on a public holiday, you get a day off for your birthday. (laughs) That's it. That's very true. What about you? Um, Yeah, school sport. Oh, yeah. The usual. There's always something happening. Devil's on this weekend? Yeah, in Mackay. Oh, yeah. In Mackay. Cutters? I cutters, I won't be travelling there, but I'll be watching on TV okay. at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Okay, good slot. So we'll uh, see what happens there. Well, enjoy the weekend and happy birthday. Thank you. You too.